3: it's the start of hour number three right here on the early line sports grid network Serious xm channel 159 and what an hour it is going to be here now you might want to take a look and say donnie why is he opening up hour number three are we getting a little listen up segment here well you just might be getting a little bit of listen up segment here because we are talking about should the nba get rid of the 65 game minimum for awards and you might say to yourself well that's not really fair i wonder why they put that in and could you have an mvp that plays 55 games Think about that, though. It's an 82-game slate in the NBA. How can you win MVP if you play 55 games? Just being honest at that point. I don't care if you played the first 55 games of the season and had Wilt Chamberlain-type numbers. You're still missing out on 25 to 30-plus games down the stretch here. I don't see how you can qualify for it. But I do think if you take a look here at the Sports Grid TV poll, we're getting some of those numbers here that are agreeing with, and I'm not fading the public in this spot here. 75.6% currently right now are saying, no, the NBA should not get rid of the 65 game minimum for awards. And I completely agree with that. Look, if you wanna take a look at the NBA as a whole, right? You go back to the days, and it's not old man yelling at clouds here, back in my day, everybody played in the NBA, but technically they did outside of injury. The only reason we're getting this put in now is because the NBA is having a problem with their television contracts coming up and the marketers who want to buy into those contracts are saying, now I'm holding a Saturday night special on your network here. I want to see Jokic go up against Giannis, and I'm constantly getting one of the, if not both, of the stars sitting out. So the NBA is saying, okay, if you want to win your MVP award, if you want to get paid at the top tier, you must participate in at least 65 games. Now, granted. Some of these NBA players do actually get hurt, and it's a little bit unfair. But the design of it is just to say, I'm not going to play him back-to-back, so that's going to knock out 10 to 15 games a year. And strategic placements like Joel Embiid, who goes to Denver and never wants to play there, he can get those nights off. You can take them, you can still get paid, but you can't get your bonuses here, right, in the NBA. That's what we're talking about. It's not a competitive disadvantage for an NBA team like the Lakers to sit LeBron James and or Anthony Davis if it helps them win a championship. That's their right here. But all the NBA is saying is you got to participate, again, around 80% of the time if you do want to win MVP. As we welcome in the radio audience, you're watching and listening live here to the Early Line, Thursday morning edition, Sirius XM Channel 159, Donnie Wrightside and Ben Stevens tackling some issues here with the NBA. I've always said this as well. When you're looking at the NBA as a whole, it's not, you know, equal footing for the NFL. The NFL is a juggernaut, but also the NFL only has 17 games spread out over 18 weeks. There are no maintenance games for players, quarterbacks, and running backs if they have, hey, my knee doesn't feel so good. Yes, they miss out on some of those games because they're injured, but we never heard of Patrick Mahomes in week 13 taking on the Dolphins saying, you know what, this was my planned rest week for the season outside of the bye week. That would never happen. And imagine if the NBA actually made shrewd moves here and said to themselves, you know what, we play an 82 game schedule, it's just too much. Can you imagine if the NBA cut back to 50 games for the season, which meant you're playing probably once every four days, there would be no more maintenance days here. And unless you were injured, you would participate in those games. Now you wanna take it to the next level and say to yourselves, you know, how can you get really extreme? Think about this. If the NBA had a timeline just like the NFL and they only had 17 games in a season in the NBA where you played once a week and on Sunday, number one, think of the ratings that the NBA would get. Number two, you would sell out not only arenas, but stadiums to watch the Los Angeles Lakers take on the Los Angeles Clippers once a week on a Sunday afternoon. And the money probably would end up rivaling the NFL and you wouldn't have those issues. But certainly, that's a pipe dream here, and it comes down to the owners being the ultimate greedy ones, not the players themselves, who they own their arenas here. They want to have 365 nights booked out on their arena to make the most money that you can which then leads to -to back-to-back nights in the NBA. It's a simple solution to get around this. Just don't have back-to-back nights. Don't play once every two nights here. Make it at least three or four nights. We would never have these issues once again, but then the players would probably have to agree to taking a little bit less salary, and the owners would have to agree to leaving their nights for their arenas dark when they would like to have a concert in town, and that no longer would be the case. If we do take a look at missing in action here with the superstar players and what they've done this year, Joel 12, Halliburton 13, Kyrie 21, Bradley Beal 24, and Zach Levine 24. Some of those legitimate injuries here. But again, if you're going to be the MVP, and if you want to equate this to the NFL, let's just go back last year. You take a look at Patrick Mahomes, who was the MVP of the Football League. Do you know who was actually supposed to be the MVP? It was Jalen Hurts. But why didn't Jalen Hurts get that? He missed a few games at the end of the season, and rightfully so, Patrick Mahomes surpassed him with not only touchdown passes and or yardage, he played more games and was available for more times here, Ben. I think it's an interesting argument, but I don't think the public got this wrong. 75% there? I completely agree with this poll here.
4: I don't think the NBA is going to get rid of the minimum games. They are trying to increase the significance of the regular season. We have seen that in a couple of different instances throughout 2023-24, this 65-game minimum, the NBA's in-season tournament, because what we have seen in the past five to seven years is the idea of load management. But that is my issue. Load management is different than a player dealing with injuries, which has been the exact case for Tyrese Halliburton and Joel Embiid. If Embiid misses five or six games because of this knee injury and misses out on the minimum, he has about, I believe, six games of wiggle room here, having missed 11 prior to playing earlier this week in San Francisco. And Joel Embiid still plays 62 games. And for those 62 games, he was by far and away the best player, setting historic marks. The NBA has done a disservice to its league. You can, in injury reports, quantify what the issue is, where I believe rest can still be listed. But for significant injuries, if a player were to miss out, on the 65-game minimum, for one to two to three games, and I know that's a very specific instance, but that is what we might see here, that an arbitrary rule that was created to add significance to NBA regular season games, I believe is doing a disservice to your league overall.
3: And I hear you on that, too. And there's ways that you can fight it both, because we do have those outlier scenarios, right? We take a look at Tyrese Halliburton, who was a tremendous basketball player, and literally saying, I'm injured. And now you're going to tell me i can't get paid because i'm injured when my team would more than happily pay me look past these injuries because i'm not tanking it on the sideline or just loafing here but i do understand what the nba is trying to do it's about maximizing your profit and when you go to the outlets whether it's nbc amazon whoever's going to buy that next round of packages to send it up they want to make sure they're getting the best of the best because if this trend the way continues ben probably gets worse before it gets better until you put in some of these guardrails here so we'll get some pushback but overall generalities i like this rule
4: we are going to have an all basketball third hour live right here on the early line our coach james young joins us next our coach james young joins us live right here on this thursday on the early line on sports grid past the midway point of this nba regular season with the hot button topic of the 65 game minimum that you need to play out of your team's 82 regular season games to be in consideration for nba awards and nba all pro teams jy let's start there we just spent the end of the second hour hearing from the public Donnie gave his take, I gave mine on the 65-game minimum in the association. Do you believe the NBA needs to get rid of that 65-game minimum as it pertains to NBA awards? And then second part of that question, all pro teams around the NBA as well.
6: Well, good morning, guys. Good to be on with you. And I think when you look at this whole situation, it comes down to one thing, money. And the NBA... Going into negotiations for all their TV revenue, we're getting into trouble with star players not being available, especially in these big primetime matchups, like obviously over the weekend, Embiid versus Joker. So, for that standpoint, I think the NBA has to keep the rule. But I think Donnie made a really good point last segment. The regular season is too short. I looked it up, it's 173 days the regular season, beginning to end. So technically, you should be able to play every other night and satisfy. Now, the problem is is these owners want to fill up the other, you know, 320 days in their arenas. There's the NHL, there's college basketball, there's concerts. So I think the solution is this, and I made this point a while ago. They try to switch the in-season tournament. I think it's just start the season on Christmas Day. I know I may be crazy with this. Extend the season over to middle of July. Then you have your playoffs. You get done with the playoffs by the time the NFL starts. I looked it up. I think it's 203 days. Now you've bought yourself more time. There's less concerts in the summer because more venues go outside. So that's what I would do if I'm commissioner silver. The problem is you got to get the league partners to do it. But if they're not going to do it, they have to keep this – And because of the 65 rule, they need this for TV money. If TV money goes down, owners make less money. Owners make less money. Players make less money. It's all tied into dollars and cents.
3: Yep, and I agree with you, J.Y., like for the good of the sport, maybe less games are extending the season, but they just look at that bottom line. If they can maximize their profits, they'll put the players at a disadvantage, and quite frankly, the players, as long as they're getting money, they'll be like, okay, I'm fine with the disadvantage at this point here. We'll see how that plays out, but the MVP market certainly playing out. Coach, we haven't seen this yet because of the 65-game minimum, but we're not just betting the best players in the sport. We're betting the best players in the sport that have a little bit of cushion on how many games they can miss. Nicole Jokic Joel and B were going head-to-head in the MVP markets. Joel Embiid doesn't even appear here at the FanDuel Sportsbook in the MVP market. Why? Because we don't know when he's going to be available again. Which leads us to Nikola Jokic at a minus one twenty-five, Shea Gilders Alexander three to one, Luka Doncic at a five to one price, and Giannis at seven to one. More mm-hmm. options here, but also coming down the stretch, can Joel Embiid get back into this? Give us your vantage point here, this MV- MVP market here in the NBA, coach.
6: Well, obviously, the joker goes to the favorite. I mean, I think last week I was on, I think uh, MB was like plus 120 at some point, late, like last week. And then he went the other way. They took him off the board. Also mentioned, folks, Tyrese Halliburton has been taken off the board as well. So when you start looking at this, now you're at a point where you're like, all right, where can you put your money? The one thing the NBA has, guys, at times, is voter fatigue. They don't like voting for the same guy over, over, and over. So that's why I'm starting to think, could SGA or Luka be the play? Especially SGA, if his team can finish with the best record in the Western Conference, a team that's gone from 20 wins to 42 wins to the number one seed, maybe it's time we look at SGA. But then start looking down the board. What, What can happen with other guys? I've said it. People think I'm crazy. Brunson has been slashed from 200 to 1 to 150 to 1. Someone explain to me this. If the Knicks keep playing well, especially without Randall, he could start moving up the boards. He's already almost slashed it in half in the last week. That's someone to watch. But to me, you're not going to get MB back. Remember, we talked about this last week. Five. There's five more back-to-backs that Philadelphia to play. Plus, the fact that he only can miss five more games after tonight. He's not going to make it, guys, because if I'm Nick Nurse, I'm valuing the championship over the MVP. And Joel Embiid has already missed 11
4: games. We do not expect him to be out there for the 76ers on this Thursday either. Luke is getting close, by the way. Did not play last night due to an ankle sprain in Minneapolis. He has only played 40 of the 48 games for Dallas. J.Y., you say people think you're crazy when you say Jalen Brunson. Who are those
6: people that are coming out of the woodwork to say you're crazy? Well, you know. Listen, yesterday, well on social media, I got myself in trouble because I said the Knicks are better off without Julius Randle. They are, honestly, offensively. But the thing what what has made the Knicks so special right now—they're 14 and two month. You you have to look obviously the trade of OG Anobi, right? But the bigger thing is this because OG's at the three point line, right? Steven Chandle has been hot like fish grease is on a three point line. No quickly, no Barrett, and now for a while, no Randle. Now Brunson's got driving lanes with shooters. And people say, he's small, he's small, he's small. Do you guys know that uh, Jalen Brunson is top five in NBA in and ones? Those all happen in the paint. So now as he drives the ball and he's got more boom moves than Baskin Robbins got flavors in the post, now we can spray the ball around. So if the Knicks continue to play well, which you know we'll see, the competition steps up a little bit, they can find themselves not only in a chance for Brunson to be MVP, but the three seed and possibly the two is not out of the question right now. They're connected. They're defending well. Tips has done a great job. But you got to look at Jalen Brunson has been the biggest catalyst for not just the Knicks, this run, but the reemergence, I say, of a, of a franchise that's been pretty bad. The last two decades. Coach, we
3: sit there for the New York Knicks if you want to bet them to win the Eastern Conference at the FanDuel Sportsbook at a 12 to 1 price. Trade deadline coming up. What do the Knicks need to add on to be a true contender in the East with maybe a run to an NBA championship?
6: Well, they got to take care of their their second unit because they have the least points per game, I do believe, in the second unit. So Malcolm Brogdon is someone that everybody's already looking at. You know, there's rumors that maybe Fournier in a draft can go. I think Brogdon will be good because Brogdon can play the one or the two, right? Then you can lessen up the minutes of guys like DiVincenzo and Brunson, and now you won't have to depend so much on Deuce McBride. But I want people to start thinking about this one. Backup small forward, backup center. Precious the two has played well. I think he's more of a four. Do so they try and get a five? And then the sneaky one is look for guys like a, like a Gordon Hayward who could be bought out at the end of the trade deadline, does New York wait for that waiver wire pickup, that post-trade deadline pickup, to go make a run? It's been fantastic. The key is is the chemistry's been really, really good in New York.
4: So JY, quickly here, let's talk some college basketball. National championship odds: Purdue the favorite, seven to one. Houston and UConn right behind, at nine to one. The Huskies a victory last night. Purdue escapes at home in overtime against. Northwestern it is now February where do you think the value
6: is when it comes to winning a national title in men's college hoops I think you have to look squarely at UConn they're defending national champions I know they didn't look great last night they've been bludgeoning people Klingon is healthy and the fourth leading score everywhere else then I don't know where there's value because we don't if you go on the road you're getting picked off the only thing that hasn't got picked off on the road is Connecticut and that was when Klingon got hurt against Seton Hall They're the best team in the country. Nine to one. That's where your money should go. JY
4: also loves Purdue plus 700. Huge fan of the Boilermakers. JY, a fadeaway into the break. (laughs) We appreciate the time here on this Thursday on the early line. We'll be back in just a few. Live right here on this Thursday on the early line, we dive back into Super Bowl 58, a one and a half point spread in favor of the San Francisco 49ers, minus 130 on that money line, 40 cents of distinction now to the other side, plus 110 for KC, 47 and a half is that total we use those numbers Donnie to tell the tale for the rest of Super Bowl Sunday into some of the unique props that you can only see for a Super Bowl championship game now we look at any player to score two or more touchdowns or maybe any player to score three or more what is interesting Donnie for a total at 47 and a half We showed earlier in the show four total touchdowns in the game. Four and a half is the number. Under four and a half is the favorite side. For any player to score two is a minus money price, minus 185. I would assume. That is all about Christian McCaffrey, a guy who has scored multiple touchdowns in both of the playoff games for San Francisco this year, multiple touchdowns in five regular season games, for run CMC as well. Is there anybody else that you would really even consider betting a minus money price in that market surrounding that player?
3: No, certainly not. And it is the run CMC market, but also at the same time, what's the best chance for a player to get two touchdowns? It probably is Christian McCaffrey. I wouldn't spray the board. You'd probably just be better off at the FanDuel Sportsbook playing the two-plus touchdown market on McCaffrey at a plus 250 yeah. price. Can Pacheco get two touchdowns? Yeah, he can, but he's also at a five-to-one price. So theoretically, you're probably like, you know, let me just take a flyer on McCaffrey and Pacheco individually, and we'll cheer on Pacheco more than Christian McCaffrey to try to stone in that five-to-one price. But also, if we're mm-hmm. being realistic, Sometimes you want to go down the board in the Super Bowl. Is it outrageous if Travis Kelsey is the guy that scores two touchdowns in the Super Bowl? No. He's at a plus 650 price here at the Fan Blue Sportsbook. A guy that probably I would look, George Kittle, 15 to 1. Yes, he has a chance. But probably Debo Samuel, an 11 to 1 price here, just on his mm-hmm. own to score two or more touchdowns, is very nice at 11 to 1 because he could do it a multitude of ways. And also... We weren't really sure what we were going to get out of Debo Samuel in the last game. I thought he would end up scoring a touchdown. He didn't do that, but he was lively on offense in the air. There's a very good chance that Debo Samuel, with two weeks now to get even more healthy for the Super Bowl, will be a monster part of this game plan. And if you tell me right now, hey, Donnie, Debo's going to get two red zone carries, or heck, one red zone carry inside the 10-yard yep. line. I would love to bet him for two-plus touchdowns because I think he scores on that play and then has a legitimate chance just to score as a wide receiver as well. Debo would probably get my money at an 11-to-1 price before I just bet, basically, what? The field, if anybody, gets yeah. two or more touchdowns at that minus price.
4: Listen, so many options for the Chiefs. Isaiah Mm -hmm. Pacheco could get in twice. Travis Kelsey, of course, who had two receiving scores in the division around against Buffalo. He has scored in the last three or the last two games, three touchdowns in the last two games for Kansas City. And as we shared earlier in the show, when Rennari was here, he has scored in both of the Super Bowl victories the Chiefs have seen back in Super Bowl 54 against San Francisco. And of course, last year, Super Bowl 57 against the Eagles. But it may more sense to focus on that specific player because it's still a random chance to score one touchdown in a Super Bowl or any given Sunday in the NFL instead of minus 185 on anybody that is out there, which is an intriguing price. Again, the total is 47 and a half, and if you correlate throughout the market, we're not expecting to see seven, eight touchdowns come Super Bowl Sunday in Las Vegas. Christian McCaffrey to score two or more rushing touchdowns is a plus 430 price both of the games this postseason where he has scored multiple touchdowns of course for the Niners both have been on the ground none through the air but you see all of those specials for a Super Bowl Sunday is there a bet on that list Donnie that catches your eye the most
3: I mean, probably the ones with the least amount of odds here, rightfully so, because they're probably the most likely to hit. That would be Mahomes and Purdy to combine for 50-plus rushing yards. We've seen now Brock Purdy in pressure situations as the games have ramped up, taking it into his own hands, which means running it himself, as opposed to looking for a dump off for just throwing the football away. Patrick yeah. Mahomes, we've always called him a very elusive big-game runner. I think that makes some sense at a plus 160 price. And also, the one that is kind of interesting, that Jones and Bosa each record a half of a sack, that's a key indicator. FanDuel because that's not a full sack per per person, which is going to be big. Now, granted, you take a look at Bosa, I expect him to get a sack here in the Super Bowl, but Chris Jones is a wonderful football player, but I believe only a half of a sack here coming into the playoffs throughout those three games. More of maybe, hey, you know what? I'm a disruptor on the defensive line. Maybe I can't get to the quarterback. So I probably would leave that one out there, but just case in point, that Mahomes and Purdy prop for 50 plus because keep in mind, Patrick Mahomes could run for 52 yards himself with Brock Purdy getting none, and you still win that bet. It's a nice combination bet at a pretty good price.
4: Breaking news, live right here on the early line. In our opening Mm. hour, around 8.40 a.m. Eastern time, we played guess the line. Where would the Super Bowl 58 numbers end? On the FanDuel Sportsbook, we have just seen some market movement in the Super Bowl spread. Now a 2 and a half-point number in favor Ah. of San Francisco, sailing past the flat two two and a half points in favor of the 49ers Mm. the market is starting to move donnie you thought by the time we got the super bowl sunday in las vegas in a week and a half from this point it would be at that flat number of two at the very least but probably never up to a flat number of three at that field goal number what is your reaction to now a two and a half point spread in favor of the
3: 49ers yeah, some sharp money's coming in there on the 49ers because, again, most of the betting public does not get down like the week before the Super Bowl. It's the week of the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, more importantly, the weekend of the Super Bowl here. And I do agree with that because, quite frankly, I think San Francisco is the better team. But again, when you're just saying to yourself, hey, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback that we might have ever seen. I'll take him getting that plus money. It's interesting at that two and a half and also how long that two and a half actually lasts. Because there's typically triggers there where maybe sharp money or other people want to get in once they see the two and a half. Or do they say, ah, so we're sitting here on a Thursday, the week before the Super Bowl. So I'm going to wait here because, you know, Penn, I might think a three might now be in order in this spot. So I'll wait on that. But that's a significant move going to the one and a yeah. half, not staying at the two and going past the two and a half. Because quite frankly, looking at the complete odds board, other books here are still holding strong to two. So the FanDuel Sportsbook must have got a nice influx of maybe an important player and or a lot of money surging in on those San Francisco 49ers
4: important player a lot of money but from sharper mm-hmm. sides because again still 77 yeah. percent of the overall handle the betting amount of money is on the chiefs and that spread i wonder what it will look like now i would only assume more public investment seeing plus two and a half how are you going to make Mahomes a bigger underdog for Super Bowl 58? I did want to mention, Donnie, I just saw the breaking news as I was going to the rushing yards. Props, as you were breaking yes. down that Super Bowl 58 special, Purdy and Mahomes to combine to 450-plus. I think I'm going to have both of the quarterbacks individually. Purdy's number 11 and a half. He has gone over that in both Parlaying. of these playoff games so far this year. Three of the four. Yeah, could parlay probably. Let's see. All right, here we go. Over on both of those. Yep. The plus-223 mm-hmm. number to yeah, go over, yep. again, that uh-huh. is better than 50-plus because we're not at 50-plus. It would be about 38 for both of those guys, plus-223 as combined for plus-160. Again, one of the reasons you could have Mahomes rush for 47 and Purdy for three. Both don't go over, but you hit 50-plus. It could be heavily yeah. skewed, but that's another way of looking at it. Purdy over in three of his four healthy playoff games in his career of course did not run much in the nfc championship game a season ago all three previous super bowl appearances for kansas city mahomes has been over 25 and a half in the biggest moments patrick takes off Something to keep in mind. One thing I didn't love in the Super Bowl specials as well, it has the Super Bowl 54 replays. Something that has happened in the previous matchup of San Francisco and Kansas City that we expect to happen here. Plus 360 for the 49ers to be held scoreless in the fourth quarter as they were in Super Bowl 54. Again, we said it earlier in the show. Kansas City is the best second-half scoring defense fourth-quarter scoring defense in all of the NFL. Of course, they held the Bills scoreless in the fourth quarter in the division around. The Ravens got a late field goal that wasn't really all that consequential to the overall outcome. 19 of the 20 fourth-quarter totals Kansas City has seen this year have hit the under. Just something to keep in mind. It will be interesting as well, Donnie, in terms of the kicking props. That is going to be so vitally important in a Super Bowl matchup that features a total of 47 and a half, huge for Kansas City last week to get that late field goal from Harrison Butker before the time expired in the opening half. Jake Moody missed his first, made his second. Of course, field goals or not were a huge component of the NFC Championship game on Sunday. Jake Moody is actually favored in match bets to have more points than Harrison Butker, but the longest field goal skews to Butker. Neither favored to miss a field goal. Moody did miss one in the NFC Championship game.
3: Yeah, for me, I probably would be lined up on Butker across the board because, again, yeah. sometimes you can get the the nerves out of the way as an offensive lineman, as a defensive lineman, as a wide receiver, as a normal player. Hey, never been on a game this big here. But you can't work the kinks out here, Ben, as a kicker and say, let me just get these two bad kicks out of the way in the first and second quarter, and I'll be fine in the second half. So I want the guy that's been there, done that, and has been inconsistent kicking in big games, yeah. including – none bigger than making a field goal that wins the Super Bowl as Butker did last year against the Philadelphia Eagles. Correct. Correct. A huge game-winning field goal. These
4: are the fun props. Gatorade color, red, pink, the favorite at plus 260. Both teams' primary color, of course, is a shade of red. Coin toss, it's about a 50-50 shot for it to be heads or tails. I prescribe to the notion tails never fails. Hardwood handicapped on this Thursday next
0: <laughs> that's definitely not a problem is uh, you did it you stumped this charming
1: devil
4: a shorter slate in the nba on this thursday a quadruple header but only four games around the association but some more key matchups including the most historic rivalry in all of the sport the celtics and the lakers tonight in Boston, inside TD Garden. The Seas booked as an 11.5-point favorite at home inside TD Garden against the Lakers. The market moving toward Boston's side. We will see who is available for L.A. Anthony Davis missed the first game of this week for LA in Atlanta just a few nights ago the Lakers did not cover against the worst cover team in the association the Hawks Boston has been the best at home this year the best record in the NBA overall and inside their own home arena 22 and 2 straight up booked as a favorite in every game 13 and 11 against the spread but this is a double digit number can the Lakers keep it closer than the odds expect tonight in Beantown
3: I think they do. Is there a chance for an upset? Ah, possibly, but we know how good the Boston Celtics have been at home. But again, last couple games at home, two losses there also a win. I believe that win might have been – it was the Pelicans that beat them. I can't remember the last game that they that they actually won there for Boston. But closer than the experts predicted, which I do think if it's a double-digit line here, I'm going to take the Lakers and point case. We know LeBron James will play this game tonight. Anthony Davis listed as an anticipated starting lineup component here yep. because he sat the pass game out on that back-to-back, which they got hammered by Atlanta. It's a pretty big week here coming up for the NBA, as we know that trade deadline is coming closer and closer, with LeBron tweeting out, you know, cryptic little, you know, like, sour glasses, and what that actually means probably means the time is growing short for the Lakers to make a move if they want to be mm. a true playoff contender. I'll take the Lakers getting double digits in Boston tonight.
4: The other L.A. team went into Boston last week. The Clippers and pulled the upset. Over Mm -hmm. the Celtics, the Celtics then have won their last two home games here against both the New Orleans Pelicans and the Indiana Pacers, but did not cover as near a seven and a half point, eight point favorite in both of those games. What is interesting, again, seven and a half, eight points against New Orleans and Indiana, who at this moment, I am pretty sure both the Pels and the Pacers have a better record than that of the lakers and yes both of them do but if lebron james and anthony davis are playing and it's 11 and a half points that would seem to be a little bit large 9 and 11 against the spread for the lakers as an underdog this year six outright victories in those nine covers this continues the grammy road trip for the lakers as the grammys are this weekend in los angeles lebron tonight 24 and a half is the points prop jason tatum on the other side 27 and a half the number there if you believe the Lakers are going to keep this game closer than an 11 and a half point spread and cover that margin, how good do AD and LeBron have to be tonight in Boston?
3: They got to be really good. And you're talking about one of those where a combined 60 points between them, one guy gets 35, the other guy gets at least 25 points and playing a lot of minutes out here. Both LeBron and AD are going to be out there for 35 plus minutes and quite frankly, that doesn't even guarantee a victory. That just keeps you maybe in the ball game here as you move forward. Those are the Lakers' issues. But I expect a strong effort tonight out of the Lakers, meaning both of their two superstars will be in the lineup and active, playing 30-plus minutes tonight, and they should get the cover. Yeah. But again, if you tell me, like, hey, Boston's going to play all their starters, yeah, they're going to win. The Lakers, they're going to play all their starters. I don't know. I hope they keep it close. It's a stark contrast between both of these teams, one probably the best in the NBA and one with some superstars going like, man, we just can't get it together.
4: Yeah, it will be an interesting time for L.A. The Lakers now a game below 524 and 25. Trade deadline exactly one week from today, or maybe even less than that. Is it Tuesday? It's Tuesday. Or is it Thursday? I believe it's Tuesday. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking it's Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. We, listen, the reason I ask and I'm not in the know is because we're pro football guys. Next week out in Las Vegas, we're not worried about the NBA trade deadline. If anything Uh-oh. happens, if DeJounte Murray goes somewhere, you'll see something pre-recorded from Kevin Let Walsh. Let me ask you All a question. Right, as we keep it going. Please. Yeah, yeah.
3: Hold on. Yeah, let me ask you a question about this, and I don't want to hijack it, but let's just say we're out in Las Vegas. We're having a grand old time out there, and breaking news comes on the set that it's the NBA, and you see Kevin there about to burst in his chair because he has to get it out. Can we remove him from the telecast so we can have a nice professional conversation about the Super Bowl? That's my question.
4: I mean, it's going to be tough, right? We have already put into motion our restrictions. We are on pro football today today. Live from Las Vegas, our focus is pro football, the National Football League, in the final game of the 2023 game.
3: Stop laughing already. Like, I'm I you, know you're like, already having Le- Le- to. If LeBron James, Ben, gets moved at the deadline, and we watch Kevin squirming around where he can't release that information, that might be worth the wait of us going out to Las Vegas just to see that I scene. Mean. It would be tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> like, of all the okay, LeBron players James just got traded and he's just like in no. his chair, and he's just like, like, hey, Kev, what do you got here? What do you got? I can't look. I can't, I can't just deal with this right now. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I picture. Yeah. That's what I picture. Yeah.
4: Again, yeah. we'll, we'll hold that fort down. We'll focus on the Super Bowl yeah. and give him some yeah. time to decompress and digest <laughs> such that bit of news. Two years ago, there was a blockbuster trade that sent DeMontis Sabonis from Indiana <laughs> to Sacramento. True. And Tyrese Halliburton back to the Pacers and Donnie's reaction to it was very very good tonight Tyrese Halliburton in the lineup for Indiana as the Pacers are on the road inside Madison Square Garden against the hottest team in the NBA that would be the New York Knicks New York has won eight straight games in the month of January as you saw earlier 14 and 2 they have covered in 13 of the 14 wins 14 of those 16 games stayed under but Tyrese Halliburton is back in his first game since January 19th, which was his first game since January 8th. The Indiana Pacers played to an over 236,
3: the total tonight. What wins out inside the garden offense or defense? I think the offense wins out tonight. And I'll take the over 236 here. And I do see in the anticipated starting lineup for the Knicks, O.G. Ananobi could be making a return back to the court tonight as well as obviously Jalen Brunson playing. And Dante DiVincenzo may be playing the best basketball of his career right now because they're allowing him to play 35-plus minutes on a night-to-night basis with some of these guys out of the starting lineup. But also... 14-2 14-2 and run here is incredible. The Knicks are tremendous, but also this price point tells me the Indiana Pacers certainly going to be live in this basketball game. I'll go over and I'll go Indiana with the three and a half points tonight. I think it's
4: a natural correlation right there to go over and look Mm -hmm. at the Pacers. Indiana, one of the best underdog teams in the NBA, 17-10-2 against the number. One of two teams alongside Oklahoma City that has a winning record outright as an underdog. 15-4, 15-4, and four, the mark for the Pacers. When you look at New York, though, again, they've covered in 13 of their 14 wins in January. Now the first day, of course, of February. And when you look at what New York has done as a favorite, 20-9 against the spread, one of the best cover teams in the NBA, booked as a favorite. The Cleveland Cavaliers... Last night did win at home against the Detroit Pistons by 7-128-121. But the Pistons have been covering a ton as of late. Now in eight of their last nine, despite the fact they lost last night in the land. Cleveland on the road, an eight-point favorite tonight in the Grind City. Second leg of a back-to-back, changing venue against a Grizzlies team, of course, that is without John Morant and Desmond Bain and anybody else that really kind of factors in to what they do. Marcus Smart, I think, is still not back for the Grizzlies. Can the Cavs cover as an eight-point road favorite, second leg of a change of
3: venue back-to-back? I think I want to take the Cavaliers like you look at let's just say the starters come to play right Garland Mitchell Strews yeah. Mobley and Allen say so you know what that's a formidable lineup that's capable of playing really good basketball even on a back-to-back I flip it over and take a look at the Memphis Grizzlies here Scottie Pippen Jr. Vince Williams Santee Aldama Jaron Jackson and Xavier Tillman Sr. is the starting lineup tonight I got no choice but to go with the Cleveland Cavaliers
4: So let me just say this. Memphis has covered in five straight games. We got the news on January 8th that John Morant would be out for the remainder of the season. In the games since that point, they have covered in seven of 11 as well. Under in four of the last five. I actually kind of like the Grizz here getting eight at Mm. home against a Cleveland team on the second leg of a change of venue back to back. Tonight in Salt Lake, the Philadelphia 76ers, a five-point road underdog, against the Utah Jazz, total 238 and a half. Of course, it is the story that we have discussed for a good part of the early line on this Thursday, the 65 game minimum what it has done to the NBA MVP race and the lack of Joel Embiid on the odds board any longer. We have not we're not expecting to see Joel Embiid and we have not seen Tyrese Maxey for the last four consecutive games. It's why Philly is a 5-point dog tonight in Utah.
3: Yeah, and and rightfully so. But also, sooner or later, the Philadelphia 76ers, they still got the semblance of a very good basketball team, even without Joel Embiid. So I do see Maxie anticipating coming back to the starting lineup, which gives you Oubre, Harris, Batum, and Reed. And by the way, Paul Reed has had some big nights here with Joel Embiid out. I'm actually going to take the Philadelphia 76ers. I'll go contrarian without Embiid, and I'll take the points against Utah.
4: The Sixers are five and six against the number as an underdog this year, just two outright wins. The Jazz have not often been booked as a favorite, but when they have, they've been very good. Nine and three against the spread. If you see Utah laying points, it might be for a reason. Not the most robust college basketball slate on this Thursday, just two top 25 teams in action. How about a dead pick'em tonight in Lincoln, Nebraska? Minus 110 one side for the Huskers. Minus 110 other side for the Badgers. Over under 144 and a half. Wisconsin has won three Big Ten road games. They can win on the road. Will they get it done tonight inside Pinnacle Bank Arena where Nebraska needs these kinds of games? Quad one victories to make their resume stronger for the NCAA tournament.
3: Look, you take a look at Wisconsin in the Big Ten here. Number two here coming in out of 14 teams as the most efficient offense in Big Ten play. But also sometimes it comes down to, Ben, as we talk about styles make fights here. Look at Wisconsin from the three-point line. Third best in conference play, shooting at a 41% clip as a team. You line up Nebraska's defense, 13 out of 14 in conference play, defending at 40%. So that's a great matchup for Wisconsin. But let's also slip it down. Wisconsin, fifth in conference play at launching the Three point shot. Do you know who's 14th in conference play at letting you shoot the three point shot? That's Nebraska here. So if you go on the road and you make your three point shots, Wisconsin should be the side here tonight for me, Ben.
4: It is one of the best home starts for the Huskers in a long time. They are 13 and one at home they need this game they have not won on the road yet in big 10 play they do have a road victory against kansas state in the little apple nebraska needs this game i'm not going to bet it but i know who my heart is pulling for out in pac 12 country arizona a double digit favorite in tucson tonight against cal 18 and a half point no number over under 158
3: and a half yeah, but we see these big numbers here in Arizona. No stranger to be getting upset while paying these big numbers against teams like Oregon State. Also keep in mind, Cal Berkeley, not a great basketball team, but back-to-back wins over Washington State and also Stanford, that's a huge number. I'll take it. Right now,
4: Arizona has been a double-digit favorite in one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. This will be their eighth game in Pac-12 play as a double-digit favorite. They did go to Cal, put up 100, and cover as a a 13-and-a-half-point road favorite at the end of December. A best bet for you on the other side of the break to close out our three hours. Live right here on the early line Um. We're live right here on this Thursday, closing out our three hours together all across the Sports Grid network. I am Ben Stevens. If it looks like I'm crying, it's because my co-host, Donnie Wright's side, can tell a mm-hmm. couple of good jokes in the commercial break. The SportsGrid app is always there. Scan that QR code on your screen. All of our insight and information available in the palm of your hand. Also included five-star plays. Those are best bets on a daily basis. So are these. Before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it is time for Bye Bye Bye. What gets Donnie's attention on this Thursday evening?
3: I love Penguins and not the Pittsburgh Penguins, Ben. So here we go. I'm going to take a look at Wright State right now. It's how this plays into it. Wright State has given up 81, 88, 81, 99, and 76 points in their last about half a dozen games. Youngstown State, people is going to be the side tonight that gets my money in a team total over 81 and a half. If we're asking for the matchup and why it makes a lot of sense here, Youngstown State very good on defense, which should be able to force some turnovers. But Youngstown State on offense, number two in efficiency in conference play, going up against the ninth-ranked defense. And if you like three-point shots, which Youngstown State does, you know who's worst at defending in conference play? Wright State. Youngstown State should bomb away, and we're going team total over 81 and a half for those Penguins.
4: I'm going to need somebody to clip off I love penguins to start off a breakdown for Youngstown State and that team total over love the look mid-major basketball Thursday night Mm -hmm. slate I'll raise you there let's go to the Summit League the best team in the Summit the Jack Rapids Jackrabbits, excuse me, I love Jackrabbits of South Dakota Mm. State taking on their border rivals, North Dakota State. Total tonight, 149.5. South Dakota State's gone over in five of its last seven Summit League games. I think we go over 149.5 tonight between the Jackrabbits and the Bison. Is it a football Friday tomorrow? We'll tell you. 8 a.m. Eastern, live right here on the Early Line.